What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Control the Narrative. A huge episode, as I'm sure a lot of you guys have been waiting for. Carmelo Anthony is talking free. Free Mellow is now Mellow Free. And uh, to kind of celebrate it and kind of preview it, we got Chris from the Blazer Gang podcast joining tonight. So, Chris, what's going on, bro? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me, man. Yes, sir. We're family now, man. Mellow's in Portland now, so you know we'll yeah. uh, we'll be talking to each other a lot and interacting with each other and shit like that for the rest of the season. But um, we're man. So kind of just wanted to get your thoughts on the Blazers and what's going on uh, this season. How come they're starting off so slow after reaching the conference finals last year? And yeah, and just mm-hmm. like your opinions on the young season so far. Um, so far, I think with all the new additions to the team, it's been a slow start for the most part. I think it's just chemistry. Yeah. You know, I want to say we lost like six to seven guys from the team that went to the Western Conference Finals last year. And so just Dame and CJ trying to fill out the new guys, where the, what their new roles are, and just trying to gel all at the same time. And I think that's what's really caused our four and eight start. Or no, now we're five and nine, I want to say, after the loss yeah. of Houston tonight. So it's been a slow start so far. So you think it's just all chemistry issues? You think it's not like one thing or the other, like defense or like shooting or something? You think it's kind of just... Um, for the most part, it's chemistry. Um, also, it is our defense. You know, teams are getting to the paint at will for the most part. I want to say we're one of the uh, worst teams, you know, defensive rating yeah. as of right now. And it's uh, it's just it's just chemistry, defense, and, you know, not hurt, hitting our early shots in, right. the, in the season. So it's, it's just a combination of all three. Yeah, and, like, I don't really follow the team like that, but a lot of people have been saying that, like, you know, teams have been loading up on Lillard and McCollum and kind of forcing other guys like Bazemore and uh, mm-hmm. Nasir Little, I think is his name, to kind of hit shots and they haven't been able to, like, kind of guys in the past on the team have been able to. Is that true? Yeah, and it was pretty evident, um, I want to say, against the Brooklyn Nets. You know, they just loaded up on Dame. They, like, full court pressured him, denied him the ball. And teams, I think now they're starting to pick up on that and just denying Dame the ball. Um, all game long and so that's just having other players they they need to step their game up um right. i want to say hood once he got back from back step back spasms um a couple games he he stood out and had like i want to say a 25 point outing um the that's other okay. night so it's just if teams are you know loading up on dame you know it's it's the next guy that has to step up and right. as of right now like you said nazir he's been he's been like an energy guy you know, so he's been inserted into the starting lineup here recently, and that's just giving us a boost of energy um, that the Blazers need. So you kind of talked a little bit about it, um, people stepping up and defense and shit like that. Do you think this is something that they can turn around and kind of salvage their season and even make a deep run in the playoffs? Or do you think that this is something that you can see being a problem for the whole season and even longer? Um, well, it's no secret, you know, the Blazers, they're not a defensive minded team you know we can score with the best of them i think uh with the slow start we're only i looked at the standings earlier today and if the playoffs did start you know it is early only 12 yeah, yeah, 13 yeah. games into the season but we're only two games out of that eighth spot so even you know with teams like phoenix being kind of hot coming out the gate mavs um even minnesota you know i expect those teams to slow down a little bit over the course of the season so i do think the blazers are going to make the playoffs, hopefully a top seed. Before the season started, I had them, you know, that fourth seed. Yeah. Um, but the West is loaded, man. It's like you never know what's going to happen. That last month yeah. of the season, 
it's man, where the chips fall, that's where you're gonna land. But I do have to make the playoffs, and then depending on who we're matched up in that first round, we can't make it uh, to the second round. All right, so second round. Um, <clears throat> not sure if you've heard, but they uh, are signing or have signed a guy named Carmelo Anthony. Uh, some Hello. people have heard about him here and there, and she like that. So, what are your thoughts on how he fits the team this early in the season? I know it's kind of hard to tell a lot of different things, but what do you think he brings to the team? How do you think he fits the team? And uh, yeah, um, you know, just his, his shooting. I think uh, him being having the uh, ability to just pick and pop, so he could set that high screen with Dame or CJ. Yeah, and just hit that top of the key three, or even spot up in the corner. You know, when teams like to, um, you know, double Dame when he's driving to the hoop, he can kick it out to that corner. Uh, Hood and Baysmore, they've been hitting that corner shot um, here recently. In the beginning, it was kind of slow, but I think Melo, with his expertise um, and even his low post scoring, like a lot of people overlook his ability to score in the post. Yep, and that's one of the things that the Blazers are lacking this year because Nurk is out. Um, we don't we don't have that guy we can really throw it down to in the paint. I mean Hassan he'll he'll give us some points here and there, but not having Nurk this year and then even Zach being hurt with the shoulder injury. Yeah. We're kinda missing yeah, we're kinda missing um a down, threat down in the paint, score. right? Yeah, I forgot who I was I was watching. I think it was either somebody like it might have been Skip Bayless or fucking Stephen A or someone like that, but they were saying how uh, the Blazers, all they do is they ISO at the three-point line with, like, Lillard and McCollum and shit, and Melo gives teams a different look, like, in the paint, on the block, at the elbow, right. so, you know, teams can't just focus on the three-point line and kind of triple Dame as soon as he goes into the paint. Like, Melo will be somewhere in the paint or in the mid-range. So, like, from the outside looking in, like, the kind of narrative and perspective that people look at the Blazers is, like, you know, it's kind of an ISO offense like Dame takes his turns McCollum gets his turns and shit like that and it's not really a cohesive offense and I don't really know you know more than me but when I hear things like that I think all right cool then maybe Melo can get his turns and you know Melo can pass a lot of people don't really give him credit for that but he can pass just you know when he's at the elbow or something like that the thing with the Knicks was he would always have to pass it two, uh, two or three times to swing it around and shit like that so yeah, I'm, I'm really, like, interested to see how this offense looks and kind of how the coach utilizes them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that, because um, like you said, with Dame and CJ, since they are, you know, ball dominant, and they can get their shot off whenever, you know, they right. want. It's um, just having mellow is going to give us a different aspect on the offense. Like I said, um, hopefully, you know, Stotts puts him at the high post or even down low. And work something with him. Because uh, Melo, like you said, he could pass, man. If, if, if a double team's coming, like, he has great vision. I remember I saw him play when he was with the Nuggets and he came to Portland. I promise you, he, he was looking like all world out there, man. <laughs> I think he had, like, a double-double that game. And he just – he just – I got to go back to the highlights or something. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was crazy. But, now Melo, I think he'll, he'll be a great addition, though, for us. Um, kind of curious to get your opinion on – Mello and this whole narrative around him over the last like year or two or even going back to the New York days or whatever you want what is kind of your thoughts on Mello as a player and kind of what do you think about everything that's happened to him over the last year or two um you know Mello he's a first ballot hall of famer guy you know that's no buts about that um you know with his recent stops in Oklahoma and Houston I mean, me personally, I really don't know. I'm not. I'm not in the locker room. You know, right. it's all speculation from everybody outside that locker room. 
I just think that in Houston, he was more of the scapegoat. You know, after 10 games, like if, after 10 games, how can you let him go after yeah. he's averaging, what, 10 to 12 points? Like, that was kind of crazy. Yeah. Easy. Um, I know his shooting percentage did go down a little bit, but that guy with that talent, like he could rebound. There's no way that you should just cut a guy 10 games after a season, <laughs> yeah. you know. And then I think with, um, when he was in OKC, you know, with Russell and Paul George, it just wasn't going to fit from the beginning because both of those guys, they're ball dominant as well. And everybody knows Melo likes to, you know, pat the ball a little bit, you know, trying to get his shot. But I think at this point in his career, he can – I think he will adjust. You know, I think for the most part he'll come off the bench and he'll have to, uh, you know, listen to Dame and CJ and be that third or fourth option for us. Yeah, that's a good point. I think a lot of things that um, have gone on in Melo's career, like, for example, in 2009 – when he had a veteran point guard like Chauncey Billups, he, exactly. he needs like a point guard who he respects that could be like Melo, like, you know, we're going to run this play, like, we'll get you next play, or like, all right, Melo, like, go down on the block and shit. So right. in 2009 with Billups, he respected Billups, and he kind of listened to him and did that shit. In 2012-2013, when they had Kid, he wasn't the point guard, he was the two, but still, like, Melo was like, all right, like, I respect, exactly. uh, you know, your basketball knowledge and all that shit, so he, like, listened to him, and... A guy like Lillard, I think Melo has an insane amount of respect for. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how he adapts, like you were saying, to having two guys who are really ball dominant. Uh, is is McCollum like ball dominant, dominant like that, or is that kind of overstated? Um, like he 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 has to dribble a couple times to get his right. shot. It's not saying that he isn't capable of you know just spot up shooting. But he does like to, you know, do a couple, couple moves, couple dribbles to get his shot. So yeah, it's, okay. that's what that. That's how I look at it. For All right. Part. And then another thing I wanted to ask you on the mellow front was, you know, a lot of people talk about how bad Melo's been defensively, and he's never been a great defender. But I don't think he's ever been as bad as people say he is. Right. Are the Blazers a team that you think can hide him on defense do you think they're a team that they have other weak players defensively so it's not going to matter like what are your thoughts on defense um i think stats will be able to hide them here and there but since we're so depleted in our front court like he's going to have to guard you know the paul Millsaps, the maybe the anthony davis right. out here in the west because the west you know the teams are still big you know in houston they got capella um on Denver, like I said, Paul Millsap and Joker. So, with those type of lineups, with the bigger guys, like Melo's going to have to D up. He's yeah. going to have to. And in the NBA, there's really no nights off. So, I mean, but I think Stotts, you know, he'll find a way to utilize Carmelo in the defensive end. So Yeah. Are, are Also, are the Blazers a team that switches a lot? Or are they a team that, like, you know, uh, tells their players, like, get over the screen or go under it? Like, what's their defensive strategies? Um, I think for the most, it's just situational on the matchups. But sure. for the most part, they do switch. Okay. Um, also, like our front, our, our backcourt, we're kind of small. Like we have our most of our guards, Dane, CJ, and Anthony Simons coming off the bench. You know, our young second year player. Yeah, they're all under six three or six four, something like that. Really? So, like either way, like we're kind of screwed on the defensive <laughs> end. So, but. For the most part, we do switch up things. If it's a screen, like they do flare screens, the opposite team. Um, 
but it's yeah, it's it's kind of bad out here on the defensive <laughs> part. That was a good scouting report, though. Where... Yeah. Another thing that I wanted to ask you about was kind of being a Trailblazers fan. What is like the culture of being a Trailblazers fan? Like you see, for example, with the Knicks. Like I'm also a Knicks fan, and you see, like, oh, Knicks fans are assholes, and you know, Knicks fans are stupid, and just all the shit they say about Knicks fans. So. What is right. being a Trailblazers fan like? What's the culture like? Is there a buzz at the games? Are the crowds crazy? Like, give me give me some insight into the life of a Trailblazers fan. I think the the fans here are importantly, man. Um, first off, they're loyal. You know, they do know their basketball. I can't say uh, most of us can be emotional. You know, <laughs> um, I think after so many injuries over the years, you know, we're we're ready, we're antsy. You know, to bring a championship here. You know, the last time. The city won a championship was in 77, Damn. you know, and so it's been a long time. So I think with us making the Western Conference Finals last year and having a great player in Damien and, you know, his backcourt mate in CJ, it's like, like the fans, they're hungry. They're, they're ready. They're ready for They've been good for a while. You guys home. have been good for a while. Yeah. Um, I want to say like seven, eight years, you know, going to the playoffs. And last year was the first time in 19 years making it to the Western Conference Finals. So. Damn. Yeah, but um, the atmosphere at the games, like I went to the home opener against uh, the Nuggets. Unfortunately, we lost, you know, so we lost our, our 19-year streak of home openers. Damn, really? Um, 19 in a row? Yeah, it was 19 in a row, man, Shit. yeah. And, uh, but, I mean, the buzz was there. The city's excited. I know after with this 4-8 and eight start or whatever, it's kind of toned down a little bit. Yeah. And you can just see the energy or hear the energy. It's just, they're just antsy. And they're like, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? Like, what's next? Right. Like, it, almost every play is, like, scrutinized to an extent. Yeah. That's interesting, man. When you say things like, yeah, we've been good for a while. Would you say seven, eight years they've been in the playoffs? It's like, you know, the Knicks have been in the playoffs three times since 2001. Right. So it's like, <laughs> it's just crazy to hear that shit. And like, I can imagine if the Knicks were in it for, like, seven, eight years and you're like, the city would get antsy, like, all right, like, let's go. This is more than we're used to. So, um, right. I think that's a really but interesting like, perspective. Like New York, man, it's it's the mecca of basketball, man. Like you guys do deserve more, man. <laughs> yeah. Do you, you do you believe do. that? There's a lot of people saying like Chicago and shit like you that is a new mecca. There's a lot of people saying like Anthony Davis said it. Chicago's the mecca of basketball. New York isn't, and like a lot of people shitting on uh, New York now. Yeah, no, I, I did see that uh, Anthony Davis said that, but man, everybody knows basketball, the mecca, right? In New York, man, right. I can't, I can't deny that part. <laughs> yeah. All right. So another thing that I wanted to ask you was, um, if you had a message to the Mellow community as a whole, kind of welcoming us, welcoming us to Portland as we become bandwagon Portland fans for the rest of the year. I hope that's cool with you and uh, you know all the Blazers fans. But what's what's kind of a message like? Is there, like, a welcome, or is it, like, hey, guys, get ready? Kind of what's, like, the message you would give out there? I think the message for the rest of the Mellow fans, man, is just just enjoy the ride, man. I think he's having a second chance to come back and play in the NBA. You know, he hasn't played in a year. And, you know, looking on social media, it's, like, everybody's just ready for him to see the court, man. Like, he's a legend. Like, like I'm ex- I can't even explain it anymore. I- I'm so excited, man. Because Melo, like you know, he's my favorite player. He's on he's on the Blazers, my favorite team. Like when I saw that news, I was like, I'm in heaven, you yeah. know. So I didn't know you know, Melo was your sure, favorite player. People just gotta uh, enjoy the ride this year, man. Enjoy the ride. I didn't know Melo was your favorite player. 
Yeah, man, Melo. Oh, I didn't know Blazers. that. Blazers, it's, it's a perfect match, man. Bro, that's exactly how I felt when he came to the Knicks. I was like, I never like even dreamt of that before that season, obviously, with all the rumors, but when it happened... And, like, they were playing the coming home and shit. It was just like, bro, like, you can't make that shit up. It's, like, it's crazy. Exactly. So, now I'm guessing you're going to a game real soon. Oh, man, as soon as soon as I get a ticket, man, I'm going, man. <laughs> I, I got to get a jersey first, though. Yeah, I gotta get same, bro. Same, I already, uh, I don't know if you saw that video of, like, a bunch of people, a, a one person taking off a bunch of jerseys and shit from, uh, like, back in the summer. Yeah, uh, I House of Pilots. That. that was me. I don't know if you know that. Uh, nah, knew, so I got I got to get yeah. that Portland jersey real fucking quick. <laughs> I already yeah, have people. No. Funny story. I had got a um. I had Melo signed his Denver Nuggets jersey. I had I, I can't, well I'll tell a story. I snuck downstairs after the uh the, uh the Nuggets were playing the Blazers, and they lost. The Nuggets lost, and then Melo he's coming down the tunnel. I was like, man, good game, man. But can I get your autograph? And he just looked at me real quick and he signed it. That's fucking it was dope. On, it was on the blue, the blue, the baby blue. The um, light blue? Yeah, the that's powder fire. blue jersey. Yeah. That's fire, bro. Yeah. So that's, that kind of made you a lifelong fan, or were you a lifelong fan before that? Oh, before, even when he was um, playing at Syracuse. You Got know, it. Because he was player of the year. You know, he ran through the tournament, won the championship. Um, I knew of him back in at Oak Hill or whatever, but right. like at Syracuse, like that solidified. I'm like, yo, Melo's my guy. I'm <laughs> Yeah. So you you've been you've been a fan for a minute. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, respect, for sure. bro, respect. There's certain moments in sports history where you kind of remember exactly where you were when it happened. Like for me, it's that mellow Easter game when you know he hit a game tying shot at the end of the fourth and a game winner, and I was working as a waiter, getting yelled at for screaming and shit like that. So <laughs> what I want to ask you, Chris, is where were you when Lillard hit that shot that ended the Thunder season? And maybe the Thunder franchise last postseason, like, where were you? What were you doing? And what was your reaction to that? Because I can't even imagine. I was at the game. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Me and my dad, we went to the game. And, you know, it was game five. And, like, it was just a buzz in the arena. You know, like, man, something, something special is going to happen. And, you know, first half, it, they got up on us, you know. And uh, then my dad, he's talking mess. He's like, yeah, it, it might not look too good, son. I'm like, man, you got to have faith. Yeah. And then the second half, they're going back and forth. It's coming down. Dang, he's on the right right side of the court. Clock going down. I'm standing up. I'm like trying to get my camera out, trying to, you know, record the moment. And next thing you know, he takes that step, shoots over George place goes crazy man i'm i'm yelling i'm screaming i fell in my chair like that's one thing i'll never forget that man but i i'm like blessed to see that live in person man that's at cr- the arena what was like i know obviously there people are going crazy but like outside the stadium where people still like fucking going crazy what was like the reaction outside man while we were walking back to the car everybody screaming they're like yeah Lillard, you know, it, it was just crazy, man. Like, I, I, I've never been a part of that, like anything like that before. And it was just, it was just great. It was, it was just great energy for the city yeah. and um, just for the rest of the year. It was great. Yeah, I was laying in my bed watching that show. I was like, all right, let me turn this on. Because I was rooting for the Thunder to lose. Because what they did to Melo last year, I was like, bro, I want, right, want this right. Thunder team to lose. Like, fucking show them that, you know, oh, they didn't get better with without Melo. So I was laying in bed and. I remember he kept dribbling, and there was, like, 
seven seconds and four seconds. I was like, yo, like, what is he doing? He's like 30 feet out right now. Like, what is he waiting for? And then he steps back and I was like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. Yo, I started screaming. I ran, woke up my brother and she, I was just like, did you fucking see that? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but that was, that was crazy. Um, yeah, like was crazy. really one if, of the craziest go, game winners if, I've if seen. If you go on my IG page, man, like I'm, I'm recording and it's just my reaction. It, it's oh, you got it still? Yeah, I still got it. It's posted up on my Instagram, yeah. We're right, we'll, we'll, we'll post that up because that, that should be fucking funny as hell. All right, Chris, so we're nearing the end of this uh, little podcast right now. So one thing we always ask is if somebody wants to control the narrative about whatever it is that they want, something misunderstood or just something that you believe in that not many other people believe in. So, Chris, if you could control the narrative about something, what would it be? Uh, me personally, I'm going to say that Dame... He's a top 10 player in the league, man. I think a lot – I mean, we don't get a lot of national coverage, and so people really don't see the games as much as you stated earlier. But, man, Dane puts in that work, man. Like, he's second in the league in scoring right now. Um, like a week ago, he was top five in scoring and an assist. Um, I think people just need to, to realize, you know, Dame is, Dame is a special player, man. He's a special player. Um, since, you know, Steph is out – I would say Dame is the best point guard, but you know you got Luka Doncic out there in, yeah, he's in Dallas. He's balling. You know, of course you got Kyrie Irving. You know, but um, most definitely uh, to control the narrative, Dame. Dame is a top ten player. Where? Why, why do you think he doesn't get the respect he deserves? Do you think it's because of market? Like, what do you think it is? I think it is because uh, being in a small market, you know, that plays into it a bit. Um, I think that. He doesn't have like the handles like a, a Kyrie or something like that. Not or he doesn't, you know, shoot the ball, you know, every single time like James, you know, and no no knock on those guys on their on their playing abilities because they're great. Right. But I think Dame, man, he's a special player and I think people need to realize that. Word. Well, Chris, appreciate you coming on and uh, you know, introducing us to the Portland Trailblazer life a little bit. Excited sure, to connect man. with you, the Blazer Gang and everyone, uh, Moving forward, so tell them where you could listen to the Blazer Gang on. Um, well, you could follow us on Twitter, um, Blazer underscore Gang, and then at our IG at Official Blazer Gang, and we're on um, all platforms for the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio at Blazer Gang Podcast. Well, Chris, well, appreciate you uh, hopping on. Like I said, let's go Blazers and uh, let's turn the season around. For sure, man. All right, yes, sir. Have a good one, homie. All right, man. Peace.